I'm honoured to say that we have a bit of an exclusive here on Ujima Radio. Recently, the official exhibition, the Mandela exhibition, was opened in Waterloo in London. And at the opening was Nelson Mandela's grandson, Nikosi Mandela. And we have very fortunately been given the speech to broadcast exclusively to our Ujima Radio listeners. So please stand proud for Nikosi Mandela here on Ujima Radio 98 FM. Here to London and to the UK just to share this uh, global icon, his legacy. My grandfather was born in a tiny village on the banks of Mbasha River called Mvezo in the former Transkai. And he grew up in Kunu and in Mkhegezweni from humble beginnings where traditional values and culture was instilled in him. Many people have a tendency of thinking that Madiba's political style of leadership was shaped by this education he received in missionary schools. And on the contrary, Madiba was from birth, from his childhood upbringing, totally brought up by a traditional system embedded in our culture and in our values. And I think people like Mel Daly, Chongintaba, uh, Chief Joy, and the Matanzimas played an instrumental role in shaping the man that Matiba became. And it is therefore from that childhood memories that uh, I had to sit for many breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, hearing a story after story told by my grandfather every day, he ensured that every meal was about a little antidote from his own experiences. And it is those experiences that came to shape our understanding of the man behind the name Nelson Mandel. Often I tell a story of how I came to meet this man and how from our first engagement I became a very bitter young man and an angry young man for knowing that I had a grandfather that was in prison and we met at Paulsmore prison so I wouldn't want to talk about the long story but the short of it is that I grew up in Soweto a racially confined township in South Africa and on June 16, I often used to hear kids shouting, Amanda! Oh, there's a response. <laughs> now, uh, I used to think I was a popular kid in Soweto because everyone was shouting my name. But what was more profound about that, then they would follow and say, Viva Mandela, Viva! And I'd run definitely to my father and tell him, Everyone is shouting my name. They calling my name and my surname in the streets. And my father felt an opportunity had come for me to discover the man behind the name. I was sent all the way to Cape Town through Brentford, and I met Mamwini, <clears throat> got on a plane in Bloemfontein and taken to Cape Town, where I first met an Indian couple in the name of Dala Omar and Farida Omar, who were able to escort us to Paulsmore Prison. And 
sitting in the waiting room there, seeing every window with bars and every doors with bars, clearly spelled out we were in a prison. And then as a nine-year-old, I was running a series of questions asking myself, why are we in a prison? Because no one prepared me for this journey. No one prepared me of what was to come. And suddenly a voice emerged. How are you, Warden? It's been a while I haven't seen you. Uh, how's your family? What happened to that legal matter I was assisting you with? I thought to myself, who's this man that is inquisitive about people's lives? <laughs> and suddenly a giant leaped into the room and Mamwini was so emotional that they hugged and greeted with my grandfather. And some moments later he turns around and says, you must be my grandson. And I was totally shocked at that. Because for me, as a nine-year-old, a prison was for people that had done wrong in society. <clears throat> And I was totally stunned. I became very angry, very bitter, and our conversation became one-word uh, answers. How school? Good. What's your favorite subject? Maths. <laughs> uh, but Madiva understood exactly what I was experiencing in those 45 minutes, because subsequent to that, we were only granted one-year visit for 45 minutes to see so imagine as a child you want to see your grandfather and you have so many things to tell him out of a year and you are granted only 45 minutes. But that journey took me, or my grandfather penned down a letter to Helen Joseph saying to Helen, Dear Helen, I've recently had a visit from my grandson who is the heir of the family, but I'm rather concerned about his English, it was rather backward. Kindly assisted developing. <laughs> now, you've been in the exhibition and you've seen some of the letters that were censored. You never totally received a letter from Madiba that was not censored. Either a sentence was blacked out or an entire paragraph was cut out. This letter was intriguing because there was nothing censored on it. And Helen Joseph invites me to her house with my mother in Norwood and gives me the letter to read and says, what do you make of this? Like, oh. My grandfather thinks I'm backward, can't speak English. <laughs> and she laughs. She says, this is an encoded letter from your grandfather. You went to visit him. You had no knowledge who he is, his commitment to our struggle for liberation, and his uh, values and principles. So he's asked me to educate you about the man he is. A white woman? That was the child my grandfather was. We have a tendency of thinking the struggle for liberation was about liberating Africans in South Africa. Yet my grandfather's commitment to the struggle for liberation was said standing in the dock in 1964 during the Rivonia trial. I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. And a lot of us have a tendency of only looking at the former. I have fought against white domination. You don't look at the reverse of that, what it means to have fought against black domination. This, for us, has been an opportunity of looking at this giant 
his entire life and how he has been able to commit his life, 67 years of his life in serving humanity. And he became a champion for justice, peace, and human rights. I used to find myself visiting my mother here in London while she was staying in Leighton Basel. And at the time, very much an activist, they would call for the citizenry here in Britain to boycott any products coming from South Africa, and they would ensure that they came out with hundreds of thousands of citizens in Britain to protest at Trafalgar Square in front of South Africa House. My mother was the only representative of our family to attend the well-known 70th birthday of Madeva, and we are proud today to have here with us Jerry Damas, who produced the song Free Nelson Mandela. It is a, truly an honor to have him here and have people such as yourselves. Because while the British government, as led by Margaret Thatcher at the time, rallied for the apartheid regime, you stood behind our cause. You stood and called for the release Mandela campaign, not only for him, but for all prisoners incarcerated under the apartheid regime of South Africa. You stood against the anti-apartheid campaign to ensure that we rid ourselves of an evil that was emerging in the world. But what has happened since then? We seemingly found ourselves in a peaceful transition to, South, uh, to democracy. And I often speak about these chapters, and I hope in the exhibition you take time to look at the period of 1990 to 1994. Because some of us have a painful experience of those years. The many lives that were lost during only those four years are often estimated to have been even more than the actual era of 1960 to 1990. You were part of our struggle for liberation and it is therefore why we have chosen London today to come and launch this exhibition here. To say thank you for standing side by side with us. Thank you for returning home a father, a husband, and particularly to me, a grandfather. We want to say thank you for having stood against an oppressive regime such as the apartheid regime of South Africa. Madiba may no longer be with us today, but we have drawn serious lessons from his life. As a champion for justice, peace, and human rights, he has extended the baton to each and one of us in this room and across the global community that uphold his values and principles. And I dare say to you tonight, it can no longer be that we celebrate Madiba's legacy in statues and in awards. Let us 
get down to the work that he was so passionate about, speak and be the voice for justice, peace, and human rights. We can no longer be silent while the last colony of Africa, Western Sahara, still lives under oppression under a member state of ours, that being Morocco. We can no longer be silent watching every day while Palestinian women and children are incarcerated and sent to Israeli jails. Ahed Tamimi came to South Africa on a tour and was widely embraced. But on her return, she was uh, imprisoned for having slept a soldier that had shot the brother, in the, the cousin in the head. We are proud as South Africans to have taken his, uh, her cousin and have carried out a surgery to reconstruct his face. And we are proud to say that we have played a role in furthering what Madiba said in 1995 when he visited Gaza, that our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of the Palestinians. And it is not only, it is not only to the Palestinian people, but to all oppressed nations around the world that strive and seek self-determination. And I call on you through this exhibition. This is a call to action. Let us rise again. As much as we were able to bring down the Berlin Wall, we were able to bring down uh, the apartheid regime. We can continue being the voice of conscience. I thank you. Do enjoy the exhibition. What can I say? The very wise words of Nkosi Mandela, Mandela, grandson of Nelson Mandela. At the official opening of the exhibition, Mandela.